This is an AMI podcast. I'm Chuita Gupta, and this is The Pulse, the landmark 1973 ruling in Roe v. Wade, which legalized abortion throughout the United States, was recently overturned by the Supreme Court. It's got a lot of people worried. However, disabled people will be especially hard hit by the reversal of this decision. This is due to pre-existing health inequities, sexual violence, poverty, and the loss of autonomy. For many people with disabilities, access to abortions is critical. Many do not know ahead of time if they can carry their pregnancies to term without putting their lives at risk. While much of the rhetoric has sadly pitted pro-choice arguments against disability justice issues, there needs to be a reckoning. Reproductive choices are disability rights. Today, we discuss disability and reproductive health. It's time to put your finger on the pulse. Welcome to The Pulse on AMI-audio. I'm Joetha Gupta, and let me tell you, I am equal parts nervous and excited to have this conversation about disability, sexuality, and reproductive health. And to help me make sense of the many threads in this conversation, I'm joined by a really exciting guest. Robin Wilson Beatty is the founder of Sexabled. She is a disability and sexuality educator, speaker, and writer, and joins me today from her home. Hello, and welcome to the program. It's so good to have you with us. Hi, I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. So you said to me when we were exchanging emails back and forth, arranging this interview, you said, you know what, I'm not feeling very patriotic. I can even do this on June the 4th if you want on Independence Day. Um, how much of that discontent stems from the reversal of Roe versus Wade? Um, that was a very large part of my discontent and also um, the other rights that they are rolling back, such as uh, like the rights people have when they're arrested and being like Mirandized, the right, rolling back the rights for um, having the right to an appeal in certain aspects and around, uh, let's see, like immigration mm-hmm. um, for people. There was so much legislation that just kept, it was like the hits kept coming. And, you know, we were all so focused on Roe that we forgot there was a whole lot of other crap that they did. So just seeing that this, you know, even small evangelical Christian minority has somehow um, got into power and is doing these things that are going to have detrimental effects on so many lives mm-hmm. is just like, wow, this is not freedom. Mm-hmm. This is not, you know, what, I, you know, this is not what I feel like my ancestors fought for you know, when it came comes to, you know, the idea of America. So uh, 4th of July, I was just like, okay, I've just got to have a different mindset about what this day is today. Right. I, one of the things I've heard a lot of people say in relation to Roe, um, and just in relation to the discussion about abortions, is that you want women to have a choice, 
um, which would include the choice to abort a fetus which is believed to have a disability. And it's a tough thing to hear as a person with a disability, you know, for myself to find, you know, I'm very pro-choice, um, but to find that that kind of runs contrary to many of the principles I espouse as a person with a disability, including the right of many people with disabilities to live um, and to move away from some of that eugenics and the, the thinking that would basically deem a, a disabled life as somehow less valuable or less worth living. How do you... Given that these two things seem so inextricably linked together, how do you how do you take them apart, or can you take them apart? Mm. How I tend to look at it is, I feel I am one of those people who believe in abortion on demand. It is a healthcare decision. It is a decision to be like, you know what? I do not want to um, be pregnant anymore. And whatever the reasons are, you know, that, you know, there's like a plethora of reasons. And I can't sit there and say, okay, this reason is a good reason to have an abortion. This is a bad reason to have an abortion. At the end of the day, it is the right to have an abortion, the right to decide the autonomy that you have over your body or a person has not that, you know, a person has over their body. Do I find it very disconcerting and very worrying as somebody with a disability and somebody with, I have a congenital, um, at my spinal cord injury was caused by a, con, by a congenital birth defect in my spinal mm-hmm. cord. So, you know, if that was something that in that, you know, back, but I'm, I'm older, but back in the seventies, um, you know, they weren't offering, you know, mother's ultrasounds and stuff like that. So nobody knew I even had this until I was 30. So, um, you know, people have used that argument like, oh, well, what if your mother was able to see that you were going to have a disability and aborted you, you know, how would you feel? And I was like, well, I wouldn't be here to feel anything. So, you know, what? I mean, I just, I'm just being blunt like that. No, no, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it, but it, it is, I'm, it is very troubling. It is just concerning that disability is one of these, it was one of the reasons that's put forth as um, an ideal situation to be in for having an abortion. You know, the same way, though, that, you know, people feel like, oh, well, I've talked to people that were solely against abortion for all kinds of reasons. But except for, say, in the instance of somebody who had a disability, then they're like, oh, yeah, you should you should definitely have an abortion because you shouldn't be pregnant. Hmm. So before before. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying that. So basically. Um, it seems like abortion, you know, putting abortion in the facts of who has a right to live or who has a right to make decisions about their body mm-hmm. and who make, who has the right to decide to give birth, you know, they're, you know, these are all issues that are all connected that we have to talk about when it comes to talking about abortion. And do I have any, like, great answers for, you know, I, do I like the fact that, you know, they're eradicating um, certain kinds of disabilities um, by the eye abortion 
like, um, I forgot what Scandinavian country that was where children with Down syndrome, like mm-hmm. Down syndrome is almost always if they detect it in the womb, um, those uh, fetuses are aborted. So you mm-hmm. don't have as many people um, living in that country with Down syndrome. So, you know, you know, you have like disabilities, or, you know, disabled communities that are being, you know, wiped out like that. And that's, that is disconcerting. But at the end of the day, your right to an abortion is your right to an abortion. And whatever that reason is, it's your body. And if you want, if you don't, if you don't want to be pregnant, you don't have to be pregnant. Uh, let me ask you a little bit about um, about mothers with disabilities and what the impact of reversing Roe would be on uh, women with disabilities or persons with disabilities who um, might be seeking an abortion. Okay, see, this is where I'm I'm very interested in seeing how this is going to play out mm-hmm. because. Um, Okay, we can, we'll have, you know, you can go into statistics and talking about the rates of people with disability that are being, you know, that experience sexual violence and abuse compared to the population of people without disabilities. And it is like several times over um, that amount, like percentage. Um, So basically in greater numbers, people with disabilities are uh, sexually um, abused or exploited. And um, those pregnancies, you know, it's tended, you know, people have in the past, you know, has been supported um, that people with disabilities be able to have, you know, abortions. And that also, you know, as somebody who had, who's had both a child and had an abortion when I was pregnant with a child that you know I did have I was pressured highly to abortion because I was disabled and fears that my child would be disabled and so I was pressured very strongly into terminating that pregnancy the second time I got pregnant you know after I'd already had a kid that had been raising who was healthy and fine um, and I terminated for, you know, a multitude of, you know, reasons. Um, I actually, every, I, I heard from everyone, oh, well, that's good because somebody like you doesn't need to be pregnant. Mm-hmm. So you hear these conflicting things. And so what I got from that is, oh, yeah, so disabled people aren't supposed to be pregnant. So now that, you know, this has come out, like I said, that's going to be very interesting to see what mm-hmm. happens afterwards. But not only that, um, I, I feel like there's going to be maybe people doing more draconian um, preventive things, um, like bringing back, like sterilizing people against their will. You know, mm-hmm. going and you know, we can talk about eugenics um, and you know how you know they're here in the states and things. There are laws. Um, that have not gone away from the 20s that have made it um, made it legally possible for uh, people to sterilize um, people with disabilities so that they don't, you know, reproduce. Mm-hmm. So um, I can maybe foresee a lot 
more people taking it on themselves, um, like guardians, um, people who have guardians, because there are you know people with disabilities that are under guardianship, um, or in like group homes or nursing homes, and I can see where they would, in order to prevent pregnancy and you know having a pregnancy have you know go to term. So because of um, no, not having the availability of abortion, I can see that people, you know, sterilizing uh, disabled people, you know. Uh, you, men you mentioned a few um, you, had, uh, you had decided, you, you have one child, but you decided that you wanted an abortion when you got pregnant a second time around. How was that experience of getting an abortion for you? Did it go smoothly? No, <laughs> it did not go smoothly. <laughs> Um, the experience was actually pretty traumatic. Um, I had an abortion in a state that already had a lot of restrictions over abortion. I had an abortion um, in the Deep South in um, Atlanta, Georgia. Now, you know, Atlanta um, itself as a region or whatever is, you know, rather cosmopolitan, um, you know, more progressive. But the rest of Georgia is the rest of Georgia, and it is very conservative, very, very, very much um, anti-choice. And uh, so the first thing I did was, you know, going to, you know, your typical um, abortion clinic, you know, the kind with the protesters outside, um, and you're going in there, and there's a lot of people, um, and I remember... And, but in Georgia, they make you wait. They have like a, I think it's like a 48 hour or 72 hour uh, waiting period from when you first go in for the consultation and you pay your money mm -hmm. and then, and they make you look at an ultrasound, um, even though you're supposed to be able to choose to not see it, but they do one anyway. Um, and then they, they do a vaginal ultrasound. And then you, you know, you can't get it done that day. You have to wait three days and then come back. And if it's like, say you're, you went in on a, say you went in on a Thursday, that means you're going to have to wait till like Monday or Tuesday. So you're just going to have to wait. And that, you know, still taking, you know, taking more time off of work or whatever, you know, or having to arrange childcare, well, like in my case, or having to arrange childcare two times, you know, that sort of thing. So when I came back and I returned to the clinic um, on what would have been the third day, when I got there to get prepared for the procedure, when they realized that I had a disability, that I was paralyzed on my right side, then they were having a fit. They were like, no, no, I don't think we can do this. We can't, we can't do this. They could not give me, they didn't want to give me an abortion. They didn't feel safe being able to give me an abortion because I was disabled. Hmm. So I had to have it done in a hospital. And I, I was fortunate. And the reason I say I was fortunate is because I had an insurance that actually had an abortion, one abortion provider for the whole state on their like listing of people you could choose. There was only one, but um, 
it's the fact that my insurance covered abortion in the first place, which was phenomenal, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you don't have that. However, um, the person that gave me in, you know, I, I had it done in a hospital, ended up in, but still having to go through that same process mm -hmm. of waiting for three days and then having to come back. Only thing is, though, within my case was I had to wait until that doctor was available to actually see me. And because this was over the Christmas holidays, yeah, I had to be pregnant another two weeks um, past then. And when he went to, um, he went, he had to do the vaginal ultrasound again. And where I said I didn't want to see it, he accidentally showed me the screen and said, oh, oops, sorry, like didn't cover it up. And then he, um, this is kind of a trigger warning, but you know, it happens. Um, he decides that he, he goes, oh, well, have you had a breast exam during your annual, you know, pelvic exam? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I just had that a few months ago. He goes, well, let me check again. Oh my God. And proceeds to do that to me, but I couldn't complain. I didn't have any choice, no choice. This was who I had to go to, to have my abortion. So I kept my mouth shut just compartmentalized. And, um, and you know, that is, you know, uh, but anyway, so then, um, I go to have it and it's billed as a DNC, a diet, which is a, a medical term for like, uh, was it dilation and cutting or whatever, or basically where they scrape out the material. A DNC is also what's given, you know, if someone is having a miscarriage or, or in other cases where there is all like, like matter that needs to come out of mm -hmm. the, uh, like of the uterus to get mm -hmm. that out. Um, so, you know, having it, done in a hospital was very different because it was just like you going in for a medical procedure. You go in, you go to sleep, you wake up, it's done. Mm -hmm. So, um, it was, it was just one of the, I, I, I had to have a lot of therapy after that abortion. It really was not, um, it really wasn't great. Um, it wasn't a great experience, but you know, it was one of that experience though, was what propelled me, uh, to the career that I have now, mm -hmm. um, doing education around disability and, um, sexuality and reproductive health. Um, but you know, that same token, it made me realize, you know, there are lots of different issues that people with disabilities face when getting medical services, but particularly, you know, like it's, it's just not the same experience, um, when it came to abortion. And I talked to someone else with a disability. They also were made to go to a hospital and they also had a DNC. Yeah, no, I, um, I'm really sorry to hear that this happened to you. It sounds like it was a really bad experience and it took you a long time to, to deal with it. Um, and this was while Roe was still in effect in the oh, minute yeah. or two that, um, 
what do you think some of the challenges will be for women with disabilities seeking abortion now that Roe versus Wade has been overturned? Okay. So you hear like all of the here people are talking out talking about basically, you know, ferrying women to other states um, where abortion is legal. Um, you know, you know, basically kind of doing like, you know, going to abortion law friendly states in order to support women having abortions. However, they have not taken disability into account because people are offering up, you know, saying, oh, my couch or whatever. People aren't thinking about the fact that um, a place to go to needs to be accessible. Like if you're wanting to host someone here in another state, it needs to be accessible. You need transportation to be able, you know, it could be accessible transportation that is needed. Um, there is also the fact that someone might need to have a support, you know, care person with them because some people have attended care. And so, you know, like when I said, disability is expensive. <laughs> um, being disabled is expensive. You know, they have not thought about all of the other things. So it's like, okay, you're going to have to have, make sure that your funds include money for a support person. Make sure your funds include um, to make sure that they're in an accessible residence or hotel to stay in. Um, and, you know, and if, and if that disabled person has children, you know, you know, at home already, you know, somebody has to, you know, you have to have, be able to arrange for childcare. You know, there's a lot of different, there are a lot of, you know, little extra factors that you have to think of in disability. Also, making sure that the place that they go to for the abortion is accessible too. Because think about examination tables, think about like vaginal examination tables that you go to if you're going to an OBGYN. Most of the time, those tables are not accessible, you know, for people, you know, in wheelchairs and, you know, that, you know, you use wheelchairs that, you know, aren't able to stand and, you know, walk that way. They need to have accessible so you can transfer. But these aren't things that I feel like are being thought about. Also, another thing that I was thinking about too, I'm going to come into abortion because some disabilities, being pregnant will kill you. If you, there are some types of osteogenesis imperfecta where the pelvic bones and all of that, that they're not going to support um, a growing, you know, a fetus that's growing to a certain size. Also, that some people with disabilities have a disability that they know that if genetically the fetus has two copies of this, um, like for instance in little people, you have an, uh, a condition that can happen um, in a fetus called double dominant, because like, like say a little person is, you know, pregnant, gets pregnant, um, and the, the other parent is also a little person you have a chance of what's called double dominance and a child that is born will only live at the most a couple hours, maybe a day, 
but it, that type, but because they get two copies of th that gene in a way, the the way it gets the copies, then it's not compatible with life at all. And to carry um, a pregnancy to term only to have a child that is going to live a very painful few hours is cruel and unnecessary. Hmm. So. Robin, there's so much more that we could have talked about, but unfortunately, we are all out of time today. I just want to thank you so much for your candor and your honesty in sharing your experiences with us and being so upfront about some of the challenges faced by people with disabilities who might be seeking abortion. You really helped to, you really helped, uh, I think, get give you know provide a perspective on this and a you know a grassroots perspective on this that I think has been left out of a lot of the conversation. So I just wanted to thank you for taking the time to speak to us today. Thank you for having me and for listening. Um, I know this topic is a really hard one, and um, I appreciate getting to join you on this program to talk. Robin Wilson Beatty is a disability and sexuality educator, speaker, and writer, and she joined us today from her home to talk a little bit about the impact of the reversal of Roe versus Wade on the disability community. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for, uh, for tuning in. I know this was a difficult conversation, and I'm glad you stayed with us to the very end. If you'd like to um, read more about Robin's work, you can find her on her website, which is Robin. Uh, wb.com or on twitter as well so i hope you'll check out robin on social media that's all the time we have for today nasreen abdul majid is our technical producer and andy frank is the manager for ami audio i'm joita gupta thanks for listening This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.